Well, you all should know that you are listening to Castles and Cryptids, where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck. And the hosts are on a tangent of their own <laughs> before we start recording. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. I'm Alana. Tangenting I'm as always. <laughs> We're babbling. <laughs> we have to catch up. We. It's been a like long our time week. to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned last week how you're like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, it's a good week. It's you know birthdays and spring, and you're like, yeah, but spring forwards and all happy. <laughs> and now this week, I'm like, oh god, that is the worst thing. Yeah. I everyone has been so tired all week. Oh. Uh, yeah. Know. <laughs> I've had a really weird week. The one day yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday my alarm didn't go off. Thursday, maybe? <laughs> yeah. No, it was Wednesday. Wednesday when I went back to work. Okay. Um No, so it was 2 days ago. <laughs> I'm changing it back to Thursday. Sorry. Wednesday my alarm went off. <laughs> Thursday even though my alarm was set on the same thing, and for me to turn my alarm off, I have to, you have to push Slide and it? hold, no, you have to push and hold okay. the button, and it's a pretty sure. small button, push and hold it down pretty hard for right. maybe like, like it, three, it's four seconds. More than just a click. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have to make sure you're deliberately doing it. <laughs> yeah, and then each day, like when you want it to turn off, you can just press it once and it'll stop beeping. But when you press and hold okay. it, is when it just completely wipes out that alarm. Well, for yeah, some yeah, yeah. reason, it went off on Wednesday, Thursday morning. I hear like a bump in the house and wake up at seven fifteen. My alarm hadn't gone off at seven, which even oh, though it's okay. quote unquote seven. It's actually six forty-five because I have my alarm set, so I have an extra fifteen minutes. Because get up, like feed Gordo, clean his litter, all this extra stuff. You so do I the little myself... trick yourself where yeah. your clock is a little bit ahead. Pat used to do that too. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> by getting up, and it was actually seven fifteen. My clock said seven thirty. It was actually seven fifteen. So I lost like half okay. an hour getting ready for work and. Was like running around like a crazy person oh. all morning yesterday, and then because the clocks you were looking at had not updated. That's no, always the like... confusing part because it's the ones it's like the cell phones, the ones that are on the Wi-Fi update, and then you have to go and oh like... no, my right your stove. Um, you don't just go up to update your stove. My stove, <laughs> my microwave. I had already updated my alarm clock. Automatically updates. Because you set the really? time zone. Yeah, it automatically updates. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it still surprised you. <laughs> well, it, it hadn't gone off. The alarm was not set right. anymore. It was completely wiped out. So from one day oh. to the next, it had not been set. So I was oh, like, damn. I would not have gone over there and held that button. <laughs> Knowing I was working the next five days in a row. Oh my god. And I was like, I don't freaking know. I was like, good thing that I heard the bump in my house, the random bump in my house at 7.15. Woke up or yes. I would have slept right through. And when probably wouldn't have heard them calling because my phone's on silent. So them calling at 9am being like, where the heck are you? I wouldn't have even heard. 
I know what you mean. Yeah, you think like if it's not this my main alarm, am I gonna wake up to anything else? And sometimes, yeah, if it was something different, you it might not alert you because you're not used to that noise. But I feel like I've had the same thing where I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I was listening to make sure I didn't (laughs) get you know something from work or whatever. Yeah. Ugh. I was just like, oh my god. So I'm happy this week is almost over. Because it's been like, it's been a time. It has. It's yeah. been so long. I don't know. It, uh, is St. Patrick's Day, though. So that was fun. And now yeah. you know how, how far ahead we record. Because this will come out next week. Sadly. And we wish- we sometimes wish we, were two we are episodes ahead. I know. Sometimes we are two episodes ahead, but not often. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> it's been hard, y'all. Yeah. So for this week, which comes out on wait, maybe I don't know. Twenty uh, fourth. Does that sound right? <laughs> I have to look. At- yes, the twenty fourth. Okay, okay. This one comes out on the 24th. I know some people with this birthday. And also March is fucked up. So we have some crazy stories to tell you guys. Um, And I kind of want to go first. I know that's a little unusual, but... (laughs) I have a few crazy things to get through with mine. It's a little list of medical malpractice so ooh, like uh like medical malpractice suits like people are suing over this shit yeah so i know we were talking about medical crimes and most people would normally think of the what is the word on purpose like like the the angel of death stuff yeah yeah like someone's a doctor or a nurse and they're using that platform to kill more people than they should be able to i guess but yeah but this this one is more of a kind of a crime most of them are more of a crime of negligence type of situation Mm. where well even the sponge in the in the wound yeah like you're trying on purpose to make these people feel bad this is not on purpose this is not an accident or as Americans say, on accident, which I just don't understand. Cause <laughs> okay, I didn't know that was like a thing until I started right? listening to Crimes and Consequences. And they say on accident all the time. And I'm pretty sure my yes. eye has like a seizure every time they do it. I yeah, didn't I don't know, know that was that a specific from. American thing. It seems like there. Americans. <laughs> Americans, why do you guys seem to say on accident instead of by accident or accidentally (laughs) like i just i don't get it i don't get it but i found um a listicle that was you know just very scandalous it's the 12 what they called the 12 most famous cases of medical malpractice or the dirty dozen of medical dirty dozen it, I mean, they are bad though. Like, you yeah, just, it's dangerous. You just, 
I mean, you want to trust a doctor when right? they have to be in charge of you. <laughs> so when you can't, it's horrible. Um, but I found this uh, list of famous 12 malpractice suits on latenlaw.com. That's what came up. <laughs> and they run the gamut. Let me tell you, there was 12, as I said, a dirty dozen. And the first one involves... Um, a failure to obtain a patient's blood type before surgery that led to a young transplant uh, recipient's death. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. They're not very happy. Um, which is, you know, but it's just something we can cover in true crime where we don't have to get into the details of it, but it still doesn't mean it's not horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really sad and, like, such a basic yeah. thing. It should be so obvious. It happened at Duke University Hospital in 2003, where they did a heart and lung transplant on a 17-year-old girl um, who was named Jessica Santillian, but they failed to check at all if her blood type matched that of her donor. They just... Really? Didn't check the blood types. You're doing Apparently. a heart and a lung transplant. Oh, at right? I can't imagine. It sounds oh. so serious. But to them, you know, it's maybe so routine that they're like, yeah. I just made a mistake. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's obviously very important to make sure that the... Um, organs don't get rejected if you're having an organ transplant mm-hmm. you want to make sure the blood type matches um but unfortunately after the operation her body went into shock and began shutting down oh. yeah and even worse the hospital actually covered it up for 11 days after the surgery Oh, because I assume her family probably didn't know, and then she just starts yeah. getting really sick. Jeez. Right, and you might not know if that was just because the body's naturally rejecting the um, organ or not. Yeah. And in this wow. case, it sounds like it wasn't <laughs> natural completely. Um, after her operation, her body went into shock and began shutting down. And even worse, the hospital, uh, oh, covered it up for 11 days after the surgery, preventing the patient from possibly getting the proper care they needed. They just wouldn't admit it that what had happened. Oh my God. Right? Like you're a freaking (laughs) medical center. You're a hospital. Yeah. Like, they need all the information or else the patient's not going to be able to survive. Yeah, that's insane. Organ transplants are so serious. Like, Oh, man. Exactly. They should take them just a little bit seriously. Um, but yeah, because they covered it up for 11 days after the surgery, um, it was already too late. Um... And I tried to expand on a lot of these cases, but didn't have time to on all of them because it was like a list of 12. And I was like, yeah, these are all really crazy cases. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, I guess that gives you guys an inkling if you want to do a little more research. But I do have quite a bit on some of the other ones. Um, the next one is a surgery, what they call surgery on wrong side of head. Mm, or, yeah. Or <laughs> this is also fun. It can be called a never event, quote unquote. A never for, event. Well, pretty obvious re- reasons. Like they just, this is when something's never supposed to happen. They're not supposed to make a mistake and take something from the wrong side of the body or whatever. (laughs) I know, uh, yeah. When my dad's friend was going in for knee surgery, um, yeah. At this time, he would have been, I can't remember how much he is older than my dad. He probably would have been in his late 50s, early 60s already. And I remember my dad telling me that when he had gone into the hospital to get his knee surgery, my dad's friend, the doctor had handed him like the pet, like the marker and was like, you draw and mark on which knee we are operating on. (gasps) Really? As a thing being like, okay, like you have identified the one and you've put the mark because if you say like the left yeah. one, it's like okay, the patient's left or your left. It's different things, and it can so easily true. get switched. But if you have the patient be like, "This is my fucked up knee. Fix this one. Here you go." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They should be awake yeah. while it's being marked, or they should have yeah. to mark it. I like. I love that because otherwise, yeah, it sounds stupid. But no, it's totally. Oh, we were plausible. laughing about it. Like I can't believe they made you do that. It's so stupid. And then like fairly soon really? after that we started hearing all these stories about people getting the wrong arm even amputated and shit like that and it was like oh, oh my, my god. god like no <laughs> yeah it's a nightmare it's a nightmare yeah. but it happens it's wild crazy. yeah so i always think about that it's just like draw your knee oh they're like yeah he had to put a big circle or like put an x across his kneecap or something be like this one and this was who? My dad's this like part? best friend. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. He, I think, was having a knee replacement or some surgery on his knee. And yeah, before they put him oh, under, God. they're just like, yeah, because normally you're put under, and then the doctor, mm-hmm. like, or mm-hmm. surgeon comes into the room. Normally, it's just the nurses and stuff, but they're like, mark your knee. Which one were we <laughs> operating on? I mean. <clears throat> As we find out that it's like a problem where they used to do it that way. (laughs) Um, Just something broke down in the chain of command. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Okay, I can't remember. uh, So maybe I said there's sometimes a surgery on the wrong side of the head. Um, And even though Rhode Island Hospital had three of these incidents on three different patients heads in one year in 2007 no yeah (laughs) two were caught early and saved but one 86 year old patient did not survive the procedure yeah at least two of them they were able to not kill because they fucked up you know that's so scary it is it is so scary and that's what I found about these kind of cases, and I do find about these kind of cases. <laughs> like, it could happen to anybody. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you're really putting your life in their hands. Like, they... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So much that can go wrong. Yeah, like... um, ba, ba, ba. Okay, surgery on wrong side of the head. The main surgeon was suspended for two months. But then... Uh, I have a <laughs> slightly longer deep dive about a person whose wrong testicle was removed. Jeez. It's not good. Um, mm. I briefly mentioned this one to Pat uh, one day because he happened to be a veteran. He was an Air Force veteran that had cancer in one of his testicles, one nut, <laughs> I said, <laughs> like Tom Green did, or so many others that we know of. <laughs> but um, this was, he's actually a father of four, and he went in for a re- recommended surgery to remove uh, the diseased testicle um, at Los Angeles uh, VA, or Veterans Affairs Medical Center. And it was noted that Veterans Affairs prides itself on its safety standards. It's actually considered, apparently, quote, a benchmark by healthcare organizations throughout the world. Oh, wow. Or so, or so they claim. <laughs> um, this patient, he was suffering from the issues in his left testicle, but once he woke from surgery, he discovered that they had actually removed his right testicle. Jeez. Incorrect. No. <laughs> uh, undo. Good. Undo. Delete, delete. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. And unfortunately, that left him deprived of, quote, the testicle the testosterone the healthy testicle produced setting him up for potential health complications including sexual dysfunction depression fatigue weight gain Mm -hmm. and osteoporosis yeah yeah Yeah, a bunch of shit right yeah when you throw your hormone levels out of whack it causes all sorts of shit yeah i could see that and that's what it sounds like um, there was a Dr. Dean Norman who was or possibly is still the chief of staff for the Greater Los Angeles uh, Veterans Affairs System. And he formally apologized to Ben Houghton and his wife, uh, Monica. However, not as a shocker, he wants nothing to do with the, or Ben, the patient, wants nothing to do with these Veterans Affairs hospitals anymore. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I can see why you wouldn't trust them after a breach like that. Yeah. Mostly for Pat, they just um pay his for some of his weed. Yeah. <laughs> for his PTSD. After I think I was the one that told him <laughs> to look into that because I had gotten it. Oh, maybe. Covered. Yeah. Or I had gotten the prescription and everything like that and was like, mm. I can't have it. Or it wasn't covered by my insurance or I had I had okay. to submit it after I paid or something. And then I can't remember what it was. I like told him, oh, on the form, it like asks if you're 
like a veteran or something like that and i was like they might cover it like no kidding yeah see i don't remember that but yeah he he just had to go through some hoops (laughs) yeah i remember going through and they ask you a whole bunch of like stupid questions yeah they barely know anything i was like oh my god (laughs) you like ever smoked a joint in your life of course well, that's just it with weed. We are, we're hardly at the place where we are with alcohol, where they'll be like, yeah. give you some percentages, but they're like, you know, it's not just like alcohol where it's just a straight percentage. <laughs> they're like, no, yeah, this is this. And if you get all these, somebody was telling me this week about terpenes and how they make them paranoid. And I was like, yeah, what? No way! It has to do with like the different chemicals. It's just like <sighs> blowing my mind. It was so. Mm-hmm. It's not just like with alcohol, where they're like, if you're on an empty stomach and you weigh eighty pounds, yeah. you'll get shit faced real quick. <laughs> or even that we can like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or even that we can just like judge it based on percentages, yeah. like where you're like, like two and a half hours. Is- yeah, or this is 14% alcohol. That's a high, like, yeah. pretty high alcohol wine or whatever. You should be this drunk after taking it. Yeah. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. No, it's interesting, but... um, Okay, how far did I get through? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, his left nut had become painful and atrophied. Nope. <laughs> no. Damn it. Um. Well, ba, 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 ba. the patient had been suffering a little. Um, not not quite sure of the diagnosis. Um, and as I had down, I think a few years had passed. Um. Although there was no immediate signs of cancer returning on his x-rays, they had found that the left testicle had become become painful and atrophied. So he was experiencing some pain and like atrophied. You could imagine that it means it's shrunk a bit and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Due to those symptoms, he had consulted with his doctors and the surgery had been scheduled. Uh, The Veterans Affairs surgeon, John T. Leppard, was supposed to remove the patient's left testicle and also perform a vasectomy on his right side. Hmm. I believe of the scrotum. That that right side. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Not just on his abdomen. I don't know what that would do. (laughs) But... Uh, so yeah, that was for the birth control purposes, uh, but a wrong site surgery occurred. So guidelines require that the hospital staff were made to obtain consent form from the patient, which was then to mark the operating site, then take a sort of timeout, quote unquote, as they called it in the operating room to triple check that it was the correct operating site and all that kind of stuff. Sounds good. It does. Like it's supposed to work all well. (laughs) They said in this case, something had gone wrong on all three steps. It had been written incorrectly on the consent form. 
got the patient signs. It was signed by patient and doctor incorrectly. Um, Ben Houghton says that he didn't have his glasses on at that point and trust the doctor when he says, this is what we've talked about, blah, blah, blah. Your wife is there. And I'm like, kind of, yeah. Like once you have to go under or something like that, like they do take all your damn earrings and like, yeah, exactly. Your eyeglasses and whatnot. (laughs) You would hope that something wouldn't be randomly changed. You know, on your last consent form, I guess. But, or or incorrect, I should say. Um, apparently, the patient is usually awake when the site does get marked prior to the surgery, but, or they're supposed to be, but while he was asked at this point to um, indicate the testicle that was supposed to be removed, he pointed at it. But they did not physically mark it with, like, the little Uh, um, ballpoint. Yeah, yeah, Sharpie or whatever. This one. Pulls off. I know, which is interesting. It seems easy, like, bad testicle, mark that testicle. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem that hard. One gets an X, one gets a check mark. That would be good. I could figure that out. (laughs) No. Good. No. Apparently at the time, they were supposed to mark it in front of him, the patient, while he was still awake, but that didn't happen. So, like, some changes had apparently been implemented to the system. It sounds like kind of during or after this incident, because they said in 1999, which... That's slightly before this happens. This happens in like 2006 or something. Hmm. Um, They tried to make it streamlined. They wanted the consent form to be all electronic to prevent an error from transcribing the information from the computer system or the chart or whatever back and forth. So they're trying to eliminate human error. Um. The surgeon who marks the site is now supposed to be the only one that can do the surgery. Because before, you know, you could be like, oh, this guy's here. This is where he's supposed to get surgery. And now I'm done for the day and, like, I'm off duty. And oh, I, I move on and someone else takes over for me. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, it wasn't, like, exactly streamlined before, I, I guess. Yeah. Been like, <laughs> like saved by the bell good night <laughs> like yeah i assume that <clears throat> all my other doctors have you taken care of yeah, yeah that'd be weird uh it's a little weird <laughs> um eventually they had to go through mandatory workshops that go over the timeout portion before the surgery and just general safety and teamwork And according to this article, Ben Houghton um, still hadn't taken the affected testicle out at the time of this article. You know, the one they were supposed to originally help him out with. Um, But unfortunately, the botched surgery has taken its toll on their marriage and lots of time and their efforts. Uh, because mm-hmm. the dad stays at home with their two youngest children, who are about eight and thirteen. So cute. Um, yeah. 
And when the mom gets home from her job every day at Princess Cruise Lines, they um, end up telling her that either, like, daddy's having a good day or daddy's having a bad day. So that's Aww. how she knows. <laughs> that's sad. Know, I'm like, I'm like oh, I know that one does read kind of sad. And I'm like, I feel that. You know, you have a partner that has PTSD. They they do have good days and bad days for sure, or good moments and yeah. bad moments. But I don't know. You just kind of live with it, I guess. Um, yeah, they'll tell her he's having a good day or a bad day, and she said, "Our relationship has changed. It's hard. I'd like to see it not happen to somebody else." That's yeah. all I have on her her quote. Yeah. It'd be pretty rough, I'd imagine. <laughs> um Okay. Um but all of mine are, I'm sorry. The next one, number five, is wrong sperm that was used at a clinic, uh, which caused the race of a baby to be kind of a shock to the parents. Ooh. I always wondered <laughs> like how they go about the labeling system of that because there's no way to tell it apart when the samples are in their little cups. <laughs> right? It, easily someone can make a mistake. Humans are so full of yeah. mistakes. <laughs> yeah. This occurred at a fertility clinic, uh, the New York Medical Services for Reproductive Medicine. And they accidentally used someone else's sperm when helping couple Thomas and Nancy Andrews get pregnant. Oh, God. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, the couple had had a child um, on December 25th, 2002. Christmas baby. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas day baby. I know that that was cute, but they did have trouble getting pregnant for a second child, so they turned to the clinic to get some help via in vitro fertilization. And while Nancy was Hispanic, originally hailing from the Dominican Republic, and her husband was white, you know, Caucasian, they're from like Long Island. I don't really know, but just <laughs> <gonna> say Europe. <laughs> You say I don't Island. know. I was like, he was. They were from Long Island. That's where they lived. Okay. And Haley when baby from Long Island, he was white. That's the main thing, I think. <laughs> but um, baby Jessica, born in two thousand four, appeared a little bit darker, at least a shade darker than her. Let's say darkest skin parent. <laughs> okay. So she seemed a little. Uh, out um they were a bit confused um they knew they had used in vitro of course but they seemed to be even more confused when she you know seemed a little darker had some more attributes i wrote blackish attributes like maybe textured hair like hair yeah. i don't know they didn't really specify yeah um but they did perform at least one perform uh, DNA test and two professional ones. So oh, okay. 
one at home to professional DNA tests, they were like, okay, yeah, it says that she's like, he's not the father of our baby. So like, what's up? (laughs) Yeah, geez. Hmm. What's going on, guys? They were very shocked and confused uh, to find out, like, yeah, like they said, he had 100% was not the father of their child that they had undergone in vitro for. So they said, we underwent a purpose, or sorry, a difficult and complex medical procedure for the sole purpose of bearing a child of our own. We were never informed that this type of mishap could occur. And frankly, this type of mishap is almost unimaginable. Um, it's unimaginable, but I can't believe you didn't think it was possible. They're a little interesting when it comes to how they deal with it. And I don't love all of it. I'll be honest. Um, oh okay. I mean, hit me. I can- <laughs> It's weird. We know that they were told it, okay, they were told it was an abnormality and that the child might get lighter over time, which (laughs) reminds me of the, she might get sun bleached. Little Jessica might get bleached by the sun. Didn't they want to leave the family and they were having, dealing with things like the, like, you know. The, the racist, whatever. Oh, is your kid gonna look white? I don't know. Am I completely white? <laughs> yeah, jeez. I don't know. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, they, uh, they also said they uh, were quote-unquote emotionally devastated and uh, that they feared that their children, or their daughter, rather, would be the object of scorn and ridicule by other children, both in school and as she grows up. End quote. So, if you love your kid, I don't know why they would have to be subject to all that ridicule, to be honest. Yeah, like, you could always just say, technically, just say she's adopted or some shit. Like, what the fuck? Right? Like, they're acting like it's all in her. Yeah. Um, certain parts of the lawsuit were actually thrown out, such as the claim of their suffering of mental distress. Supreme Court <laughs> Justice Sheila Abdus Salam said, The birth of an unwanted but otherwise healthy and normal child does not constitute an injury to the child's parents. Yeah. So. It was a healthy child. They're not wrong. Yeah. They really shouldn't have much to be upset about, honestly. But um, to close that one out, the malpractice suit is going forward because they still fucked up with the yeah. embryos. Um, clinic owner Reginald Puckett, Reginald Puckett, <laughs> is held liable, and the embryologist Carlo Acosta has been named in the suit as well. And other concerns brought up were along the lines of, like, has our sperm sample been used incorrectly with someone else? Or is that just an isolated case? Yeah, is my husband somebody's baby daddy? (laughs) So many baby daddies. Uh, Fun fact, the couple's attorney is named Howard Stern, just like the radio personality. (laughs) Without what you will. (laughs) 
I didn't know if you know Howard Stern, but you laughed, so yeah. I'm guessing you know who he is. <laughs> I can picture his crazy hair right now. Yes! Yeah. And in a similar case, a California woman was awarded $1 million in a malpractice claim against a fertility clinic who accidentally implanted her with the wrong embryos. And they had concealed the mistake until her baby was at least 10 months old. So they had really... Oh, wow. Yeah, they had really clamped down on that one. <laughs> well, We're sounds crazy. like that one, it wasn't a race thing, at least. <laughs> no. If she didn't notice right away. <laughs> no, what? not at all. But, like, that these mistakes happen, it's just crazy. Bizarre. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. there's no way to tell. You got little tiny, probably freaking labels on tubes. Not really? Like, yeah. Are you Caucasian? Yes. They come out like dark as sin. <laughs> anyway. Um, we'll be right back. Where were we here? Um, some other fun mistakes include prescribing the wrong fertility drugs and improvement proper implantation leading to an ectopic pregnancy in the ovary Ooh. usually yeah not safe that's no that's not no good. that's not so good i've heard about that like because you can get it after you get your tubes tied or whatever too like i have if you're just like so set on getting pregnant no your body <laughs> is just like so fertile you're like i don't want it and it's like no yeah you're like, help. Um, well, okay, then I guess I have a few more. I just, I thought I was closer to being done mine. No, um, we hadn't gone through that many of them. Uh, it's not horribly long. Um, there was a wrong organ removed in 2006. A patient was due to have his gallbladder removed by Milford Regional Medical Center in Massachusetts. And instead, Surgeon Patrick McAnany, I don't know how to say his name, <laughs> I will be honest, uh, he took her right kidney instead of her gallbladder. What? So I assume that those was would a look different. Up. Oh, so yeah. I think the gallbladder we can like basically live without. I don't even know why we have it, but I know if I've eaten too many... Um, greasy foods i've sometimes had pains from it <laughs> so this one like really i was like oh this shooketh me um it said a patient a physician assistant and a nurse pre present during the surgery said the surgeon was working in the exact location you would expect in uh parentheses the gallbladder to be located according to the DPH's investigation report. However, the patient had a lot of internal inflammation oh, and an okay. unusual internal anatomy, which made That's the surgery more complex. Fair. I mean, it wasn't just a random thing. What? Who are we to say? We're not surgeons. That yeah. does sound like, you know, not a doctor. Each case is different from one another. Yeah, it, it, it could be hard, I'm sure. <laughs> Hashtag not a doctor. Um, that that patient who was 86 years old. Oh, Jesus. Happened to, I know. 
Uh, they uh, lived and suffered no adverse complications, which is amazing. But for this transgression, the doctor was given five years probation by the state medical board. He was not allowed to perform any more surgeries without another um, doctor present. Mm. However, the hospital kind of stuck by him from what I ascertained. They were just saying they have a comp they have competent surgeons and that this was an outlying case. Yeah. A mistake. Yeah. So it's tough. And, um, you know, there's been other cases like uh, number seven was a tumor was removed and an instrument was added. Ooh, an instrument. A sponge? Seems to always oh, be a yeah, sponge. Yeah. It's always sponges. a sponge. Sponges can be scary, y'all. <laughs> um, I don't think so with this one, although now I'm like, how many of these stories do I have? But <laughs> 12. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> in 2000, Donald Church was undergoing surgery at the University of Washington Medical Center in Seattle and was having a tumor removed. Um, but although they took it out, they left a little something behind in its place. In this case, case it was a 33 centimeters or about 1.808 foot over a foot long medical retractor (laughs) jesus that's not small no no even though i got hung up on the uh 1.08 foot where something told me it was like 13 inches like just give me a measurement (laughs) yeah don't care about your damn inches, you Americans. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, just a little uh, medical instrument. Ugh. Took two long months of pain for the patient slash their doctors to finally be able to figure out what was causing it. Really? Um, they, like, couldn't feel fucking retractors of, like, push on my side and you feel... Like, I wonder if it was something to do with that and something to do with they didn't want to be, uh, you know, in trouble. I don't know. Shows up on x-ray, just retractors. (laughs) That's horrifying. But it seems there there was at least a couple of these ones I dealt with that had the medical follow-up, I guess. But yeah, it's like, ugh, no excuse. It It doesn't make any sense. I know. It doesn't answer your question. <laughs> it just sucks. Two long months of pain before the patient was finally able to get it figured out. Jeez. He received $97,000 in damages and this was actually the fifth such incident in as many years at this hospital. So... They did not have a great track record at this point. No. Um, probably not going to help that the other, the next one is called patient wide awake during surgery. Oh, it's my worst nightmare. <laughs> right? Doesn't that sound horrifying? Ugh. In 2006, Sherman Sizemore was put under for surgery. 
or mostly put under because the first type of the two anesthetics that were administered usually the first one was done correctly and that's the one that paralyzes your body so you don't jerk around or like make sudden movements while under the knife but the second one that actually numbs the area and like puts you to sleep was not it it was not correct somehow (laughs) i know (laughs) i like i have to take a drink (laughs) yeah oh that is insane that's some like serial killer torture shit right there i do not like that no and it said that after 16 minutes they figured it out that he could feel shit but other than just me guessing that it was his heart rate and shit like that, I don't know how they actually did. Like, because mm, yeah, it probably would be his pulse and yeah, like maybe. they're obviously monitoring him because he's in surgery. But like, I wonder if your blood pressure would go up from dealing with the pain and stuff like that, or your skin would get redness, you know, and like you can. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, they can't like obviously read his thoughts. I'm sure they could see that his body was in some kind of trauma after he's sitting there and like, oh, "Oh, gee, like heart rate is going up and like his brain monitors all this activity. It seems like he's screaming inside his head right now. Just like, ah. He exhibits all the pain as someone who's been crushed to death. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like not good. Oh my god. <laughs> but it's crazy. What the oh, people feel. Like, I keep getting shivers down my spine. That's like the worst <laughs> thing ever. Uh, okay, the almost the worst part about this one though is after the hospital realized they were to blame, they realized he was a not awake but that something was wrong and his vitals seemed like he was feeling some of this mm-hmm. they tried to fix all that and then they gave him an amnesia inducing drug so that he would just forget about <gasps> all their oh yeah my... everything they Jeez. did Jeez. <laughs> right oh, that's a slap up. in the face yeah it almost sounds like like rules or drugs that we shouldn't even have, like uh, truth yeah. serum and what's not like, like what? sodium pentothal. Yeah, yeah. Um, the doctors but, fucking roofied him. <laughs> I mean, it kind of worked. He woke up. He felt like something was off. Um, but he couldn't pinpoint it. And from what I read, it said he started having panic attacks and paranoia and actually believed that people were trying to bury him alive. Oh, my God. It's really bad. Um, Especially because he had no fucking clue why this was happening to him. He didn't know that something happened during the surgery. Wow. Like, he was just like... I don't remember anything, but I'm having these, like, feelings, right? That's crazy. (sighs) I know, I feel so bad for him. Especially after several weeks of 
his insomnia and nightmares, he completed killing himself. Oh my god. And he had no previous mental distress that they could see. Like, this was clearly tied to this, you know, experiment or whatever. Um... His family sued the rally in Anesthesia Associates in West Virginia and settled confidentially. So we're not sure for how much with that one. Um, but scarily enough, it said that anesthetic awareness, which is apparently what it's called if you're like awake. Yeah. While oh. you're supposed to be put under, um, can affect anywhere from 20,000 to 40,000 patients each year. And typically, they will feel some pain, discomfort, or pressure. And uh, what's his name? Sherman was a 73-year-old Baptist minister who was having... He was supposed to just be having surgery on his abdomen, possibly due to some gallbladder issues. That was the only real complaint Jeez. he had. Yeah. Wow. Um. Uh, according to NBCNews.com, it's the first time I know of anyone succeeding in taking their own lives because of this, but suicidal thoughts are not all that uncommon among such patients, said Carol Camp. Hmm. No, Carol Ware, president of the Virginia-based Anesthesia Awareness Campaign. I thought her name was Carol Campaign for a minute because the way the lines <laughs> went together. Uh, which she founded after her own experience with anesthesia awareness. And in 2005, the American Society of Anesthesiologists adopted guidelines calling for doctors to follow a checklist to make sure anesthesia is delivered properly. Mm-hmm. The ASA stopped short of endorsing brain monitoring machines as standard equipment, saying doctors should decide on a case-by-case basis whether such devices are necessary. I mean, Jeez. you wouldn't think they'd normally need them unless yeah, shit like this happens. But wow. um, and they said it could be that someday everybody who gets anesthesia will be or will have a brainwave monitor," said Dr. Robert Johnston, a professor of anesthesiology at the West Virginia University School of Medicine. Johnston said such monitors are used at WVU, but in conjunction with other equipment, anesthesiologists use to measure such thing as blood pressure and body temperature. When such monitors and tests are used properly, he said, the chances of someone being awake are slim. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I can add that to the list of scariest things that can happen to a person it's like that and sleep paralysis it's basically the same thing (laughs) right anything where you would you know if you lose control that is so scary i get Uh, it yeah i do not like that oh no it's not good also oh my god i didn't realize i thought i was done mine but it's longer than i realized i we better (laughs) get your take (laughs) People <laughs> cut that one off there and if you want to hear the rest <laughs> of Alana's we are probably going to record it for Patreon if you want to check that out for the rest of those medical 
crazy stories. Yeah. We call it malpractice suits and everything. Oh, they were nuts. All of mine I got from one list, so it's just hard to believe. Yeah. What (laughs) yeah, what they could be. It's crazy. But yeah, go check it out. And what I have for you guys this week is a case of one of the supposed angel of death. Good old. There's so many of them, really. But I hate that they use that nickname when it's. I know I don't like, like angel. So nice. Part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you an angel? Angel implies good. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. You should call it like doctor of death or nurse of death. It should not have angel in there. Right. Yeah. And there are some things called doctor death. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> like podcast this year. <laughs> as far as I remember, I don't think this guy specifically has a nickname. Let me see. Uh, okay. No, I think it's, I think he's just called an angel of death. Uh, yeah, every, it's all kind the, of a ge- generic nickname they get. Yeah, all the, all the links I have from my sources don't have nicknames in them, so I, I can't remember <laughs> having a nickname. Uh, but his nice. name <laughs> is, I'm going to call him uh, Stefan, because it's S-T-E-P-H-A-N, oh. not E-N, so Stefan oh. Letter. Uh, I'll probably just be calling him Estefan letter. Uh, There is really only one picture I could find of him. I couldn't get a lot of details in this case, actually. Uh, I don't think I had any pictures, but good for you for trying. (laughs) Right, we'll have one picture for this entire episode on the drive. You're welcome. (laughs) A slideshow of, maybe I'll just do a slideshow of the same picture like five times in the row. (laughs) I think and he's here's just Kelsey. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so letter. Uh, he was born on September seventeenth, nineteen seventy eight, in oh. Herdig, Germany. Probably said okay. that wrong. Uh, it's reported that he had a difficult childhood. However, there's relatively no details about his childhood documented, or that I could find. Um, I did Do find I know a... anything about him, or am I confusing nah. that? Oh. There is some about him, but not about his childhood. Um, okay, he doesn't have the brother that we just, or that we heard about. Or brothers. Does he have a sibling that, like, we know of? Or is that just, I'm confusing it. Maybe. Uh, one of the other ones. <laughs> don't know i think he does it doesn't uh, i think he has siblings i don't know if mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't really get into the background a lot uh-huh. but okay okay um there was a good podcast i tried to listen to for some reason on spotify it kept saying it wasn't available even though it was listed in the episodes no <laughs> and then it was like okay Seriously. uh yeah i've had troubles trying. like that so <laughs> i wasn't able to listen to it but they're the ones that listed oh, about how he had such a crazy 
like abusive childhood and all this stuff and their episode was like an hour and I think it was about an hour long and I kept trying to listen to it and I never was able to so maybe they have more information if you're interested and you could check it out it's called mm-hmm. good good nurse bad nurse um Mm-hmm. And they did an episode about him a couple years ago. I think it was called uh, Germany or Germans or another German serial killer nurse. <laughs> I think they called the episode. Really? Because in their episode oh, names, wow. they put like so-and-so good nurse and then so-and-so bad nurse. So they'll put like, it's a really oh, long okay. episode title. <laughs> um. Because they talk, one of them talks about a good doctor, and then one of them talks about like a bad doctor, um, per episode. So, yeah. Um, so one of Letter's earliest jobs was actually driving elderly patients to and from clinics in order to get different treatments. Uh, a quote from him said, "Many of them were covered in sores or even dirty, and all their all their." Although their condition improved while they were in the clinic, they would come back again in the same condition, and he found this all very upsetting. Like, but, like, they seem to get better at the clinic, and then when they go back home, it kind of slowly deteriorates again their condition. Oh, And he had first tried to become a casualty doctor. I actually didn't look up what that means. I don't know. Interesting. Um, however, it said <laughs> like, his... Yeah. It's like triage? Sorry. Like... That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But like casualty thing. just sounds like you're... All of them are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little dark. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so he tried to become whatever that is. Uh, but his grades were described as mediocre. And he wasn't able to get into that. Uh, so it said he had to settle for nursing, which I thought was pretty rude for them to read it. Like, huh. write it like that. He settled for nursing because a lot of times nurse, okay. like you see, but it was more day to day. Right, right, right. But it, like, it wasn't his first choice by the No, of it. not his. So, okay. I can yeah. see why they say settled then. I mean, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, he had attended nursing college in Lud- Ludwigsburg. Oh. Should have looked up how to pronounce anything, but nothing was <laughs> underlined other than the word mister. Uh, <laughs> this entire page. Yes. Uh, he worked for the Red Cross before taking a nursing position a few times at different hospitals. And mm-hmm. this was only in one of the sources it was kind of weird left field i know no more information about it other than this it said at one hospital he fell in love with a female nurse who was suffering from a borderline personality disorder um it just says mr fisher who was mr fisher uh i don't remember mr fisher who had ordered a psychological oh that's his lawyer sorry this is, I think they're talking about this, like, later. Uh, okay. Mr. Fisher, who had ordered a psychological examination of the young woman to show how a crime could evolve from a ro- from a relationship between two psychologically damaged people, 
said he was disappointed that the judge had not taken into account all the mitigating circumstances. Oh. So, like, at some point, he apparently fell in love with a nurse who had a borderline personality disorder, and then his fell lawyer... Fell in love with a nurse. Okay. Yeah. His defense <laughs> lawyer, Mr. Fisher, was trying to bring that in um, to his court yeah. case that happens later on, but the judge wouldn't allow it, essentially. Uh, okay. Letter actually eventually ended up becoming the night shift nurse at a hospital that treated a large amount of elderly patients. Uh, and he's... Amount. Yeah. Uh, he had started working there in January 2003, and he remained there until his arrest. Uh, co-workers had described him as friendly, said he was pretty popular at the hospital, and he was just kind of nice, like, people liked him, and this was in Santofren, Santofren, Germany, near the Bavarian Alps, the hospital there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, almost. Right. Almost immediately after working there, I think just a couple months later was like his first kill. Uh, oh no! Yeah, because he only worked. He there loved for... the isolation of the mountains. Yeah, the uh, the Bavarian Alps called to that him. That sucks. Um, they sound so pretty. <laughs> yeah, uh, a pattern began emerging soon after he started working there. When it was kind of figured out by investigators that more than 80 people had died during his shifts. Now, not oh all God. of those he killed, but this number was Whoa. obviously quite a bit higher than other nurses. So just the chances of somebody elderly dying on your shift is like a certain percent. Yeah. And then like his was way higher. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah. they're old. Like, yeah, <laughs> I would expect like five, 10 percent, but like. What did you just say it was? It was, like, very high. 80 people. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's not normal. <laughs> uh, I get into some of them later on. I do have some stories about the victims. Really? Um, which I wanted to end on. Um, but Letter became a suspect after investigators le- learned that a large number of drugs, including the paralytic lice. Lysthenon? Lysthenon? As well as a fax Ooh. machine. I don't... Never brought up why he needed a fax machine. Um, okay. Had been stolen or, quote-unquote, yeah. gone missing from the hospital. So he had taken these. Oh. Uh, at the time, Andreas Rolland, the director of the clinic, emphasized that, quote, the missing machines did not come under the dangerous or sorry, the missing medicines, sorry, did not come under the dangerous drugs law, and they have to be freely available for medical personnel in case of emergency, end quote. So they're they're not one of the ones that you have to sign out because they have to be available to be given in, like, an emergency situation, not something that has to be, like, go through a whole bunch of stuff to be able to dispense. So like stuff they that's can't basically be signed out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's basically like just on a shelf and whoever can grab it. But they did notice, I guess, right. through inventory that, oh, like a number of these have gone missing and we don't really uh, have circumstances that it was used in, I guess. Of course. <laughs> so 
hospital authorities compared clinic duty records against the dates the drugs were removed and concluded that Letter was the one stealing them. And police arrested Letter in July of 2004 for the theft of the medications. And they didn't really think he was, like, up and just murdering people with it. I probably assumed... Um, because it's like a paralytic, maybe they thought he was doing something weird with it. Who really knows? Um, you would think, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) so once arrested, his coworkers are pretty shocked when it kind of implied that he was arrested at work in front of his coworkers and that they interviewed him there. They didn't even take him to the police station. Because it said that his coworkers were shocked when he sat in one of the rooms and wrote out a six-page confession letter that suddenly was admitted, admitting to killing 10 to 12 people. And they're like, we thought you were stealing medication. It's like, no, you oh killed God. 12 people. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, yeah. So different sources said different things about like them thinking that it was him and them tipping off the police or the fact that police figured out like through the clinic administrators that he was stealing medication um other sources were flat out like he was definitely killing people and i went to the police and i was like oh my god like i don't think so (laughs) um Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's writing out this crazy confession saying he killed 10 to 12 people And later at trial, he would say he couldn't actually remember the details of them and that he may have accidentally confessed to way more than he had ever committed or actually killed. What? Now he's he's walking back. Um, His confession. (laughs) He's walking it back. Yeah. Uh, Oh, no. I really... uh, We didn't have many. (laughs) um, Okay. In sort of kind of his justification for what he was doing it said he told police that he would sometimes hear doctors discussing a patient and he himself in his mind would work out that that patient was just unlikely to survive the night even if that wasn't the case like i don't think it sounds like they think they're gonna live oh my god it said that letter would then act the muscle relaxant he used was mixed with tranquilizer and that stopped the patient's breathing. On his second inspection, like rounds, when he checks on the patients, he would then alert the doctors that this patient was dead. And then it said often on the next day, yeah. um, like in the morning, he would comfort the grieving family. Which, oh, can you imagine? Okay. As for after. Right? Oh, I can't he, imagine. Like shows up for the grieving family. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry That's for your loss. I'm so sorry I had to kill them. Okay. <laughs> uh, one letter was arrested. All these used and unused medication files were found all around his mm-hmm. apartment. And really, I think with the fax machine too. Um. Okay. So in order to figure out just how many people he had killed or tried to officials ended up exhuming exhuming the bodies of more than 40 of his patients uh out out of the ones that had died out of those 80 that's a lot yeah 
uh, out of the 80, a separate 38 patients had already been cremated. So they just like could mm-hmm. never be charged with those because they're cremated. Mm-hmm. Um, some sources said 40 of them were exhumed or 42. I think 42 makes more sense because that those two numbers then add up to 80. But <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Which two numbers? Okay. 42 and 38 because otherwise it's missing two. <laughs> And 38 was from which one? 38 is the number that were cremated. So they like couldn't follow up with those ones. Um, Okay. So the ones, more than 40 of them that were exhumed, uh, said this was pretty traumatic. A lot of them were in the same cemetery. So they basically set up these big white tents and like cordoned the cemetery off and you could watch, they were exhuming, like, 10 to 12 bodies a day, like, just kind of, like, really? and then they said it was just, like, people were kind of standing around being, like, what the fuck is happening? Because they didn't really say what they were doing there. And What? Yeah, they did they say it was started pretty... digging. <laughs> I assume they had to probably get permission from family members. Uh, one source said that it was pretty traumatic for, like, the small ish town to have this going on for a few days um and it was True. quite the spectacle of people watching being like what's going on they have all these tents and everybody's in hazmat yeah. suits and digging up all these co- like 40 bodies yeah. pretty wild um Damn. of these patients that were exhumed multiple showed the presence of a deadly nerve drug and other bodies unfortunately were too decayed to be properly analyzed. And okay. in February 2006, the 27-year-old letter, like he's only 27 in 2006. <laughs> so he was arrested when he was 25. Like this is crazy. Oh my god. He's so young. That's insane. Uh <laughs> his trial began and he was charged with the deaths of 29 of his patients. Um, he was charged with, some of these differed, but from what I could gather, most of them said 16 counts of murder, 12 counts of manslaughter, one count of killing on request or command, like assisted suicide, and then, and then two more counts of attempted manslaughter. Um, wow. A lot of people argued, like, why he was ever charged with manslaughter instead of not like just straight murder but there was like all this stuff about how long he could have thought about it for like how premeditated could it be yeah it seems pretty premeditated to me yeah (laughs) um most of his victims were over the age of 75 however they did range from 40 to 94 uh there were 17 women and 12 men that he was charged with uh, Letter oh. had also reportedly given an inappropriate injection to a 22-year-old <laughs> soldier. Oh. Um, I don't know where this happened. I think it must have been at one of the other hospitals. Oh, um, She had suffered some minor injuries from a fall. And That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he gave her this inappropriate injection. I don't exactly know what it was. But due oh. to the shot... Um, she lost consciousness, but did eventually recover. 
So oh, no. he, he like put her out for some reason. Don't know what happened during that time. Um, right. After she woke up, she had told other people what happened to her. However, doctors, I assume that worked with him and everything, refused to believe mm-hmm. her account of events. Like they didn't oh, really believe her at all, which is sad. Um, yeah, no kidding. There's and... just like, no. Yeah, That's just right? you. A woman can't dream that. <laughs> or can't yeah. think that. You're like, okay, thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> right? Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, no, that's so crazy. That sucks. With uh, During the trial, with relatives looking on, Ladder ended up confessing to killing his patients with these injections. Uh, he was quoted during the trial saying, I would like to acknowledge my guilt and admit that my actions cannot be justified under any circumstances. He said, adding that he was not sure how many he murdered, but he insisted that his motives were noble. Uh, quote, I did it out of a sincere, deeply felt compassion. Fuck you. <laughs> like, no! <laughs> um... Interesting. Another quote from his trial said, I wanted to save the patient's suffering and free them from hopelessness. I knew I was violating laws, but I felt I was right. He now understands that his actions were catastrophically wrong. It's like, yes, that's a great word. Catastrophically wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Oh, here's where I had it. The defense lawyer, (laughs) Jürgen Fischer, had presented Mr. Letter as a complex, disturbed man. Would you want to present your client as a complex but disturbed man? I don't know. (laughs) Um, And Letter's coordination coordination had been poor as a child. Letters of coordination? No. Letter, like his name, let his letter. So letters coordination. Wait. Okay, I'm gonna pretend yeah. I know how that's different. <laughs> uh, his coordination had been poor as a child, and it said his plainly disturbed okay. mother had been convinced that he was mentally handicapped, and oh, over no. a. Right? That's pretty bad. Over a period of several years, she took him from one doctor to another. Again, oh, really? I couldn't I couldn't find maybe that's what they talked about in the podcast. I couldn't oh. find this information. Um Sure. That seems plausible though. <laughs> yeah. The prosecution noted that multiple of letters victims uh had not even been assigned he had not even been assigned to as a nurse. His, like, other nurses' patients. He was just like, ha I'm gonna kill you. Really? Yeah, and that yeah. some of them were actually in stable condition and even due to be released from the hospital. Okay. Uh, so he rendered his patients unconscious with a sedative before finishing them off with an anesthetic etomidate, I guess, and a mux- muscle shit. relaxant. Uh... <laughs> So basically, like, the sedative puts you to sleep and then the muscle relaxant, like, you're basically just going to die at that point because you're asleep and then your muscles are relaxed. So you can't breathe. Uh, 
what was this a lawyer representing 11 of the dead victims as co-plaintiffs oh 11 relatives of the 12 dead as co-plaintiffs was quoted saying he acted relatively indiscriminately and aimlessly not all of his patients were seriously ill and he had no contact at all with some of them just like walk up to you yeah Interesting. Uh, <laughs> two well, we women have contact, buddy. Yeah. 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 Uh, two women who were in their forties were given uh lethal injections, and at least six patients who were in no danger of actually dying, like perfectly stable. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. So we killed two women in their forties. Like. Damn. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> and. A few had even died soon after being admitted to the hospital, but before even being fully examined by a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, I mean, that's not good. No. (laughs) Good that she got examined, but not that thoroughly by the sounds of it. No, this is before they even got examined. Like, a few people had been killed by him after they were admitted to the hospital, but before they even saw a doctor. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, in November... Right? In November 2006, after a nine-month-long trial, Letter was found guilty of the murders and sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. Uh, I want to include this tidbit because it kind of makes me feel happy. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It probably shouldn't, but from The Guardian, it said that newspapers speculated that Letter, who weighed 145 kilograms, or nearly 23 stone, has an acute eating disorder, and that he has been been acting out of self-pity and low self-esteem, which they (laughs) remarked are classic traits among serial killers, according to psychologists. So they basically said he gained a whole bunch of weight and was really... Milk in the self pity and like, Mama, why me? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, the judge in the case, uh, this might, oh, said in his verdict, quote, How could a relationship of sympathy have been built up? He made the patient the object of his own imagination. And this was a man who acted out of his own sense of emotional distress because he couldn't stand the patient's condition. Um, oh. I think I got rid of the other quotes, but they were basically during trial talking about how much he didn't like the pain and suffering of people. So he was putting what he perceived to be their pain and suffering. He was kind of like doubling it, being like, oh, they're suffering so, so much. And they're yeah. not really It's like thinking a stub yeah. toe was like the end of the world and I have to kill you because you stubbed your toe or something. Right. Like, because you're just in so much pain and everything. Uh, my last little bit, um, before I get to the victims, just as quick saying that letter, uh, and it's brought up in almost every source, uh, he is credited with having the largest number of killings in Germany since World War II. Oh my so, god, yeah. that's insane! Yeah, right? Isn't that <gasps> wild? Since World War II. Holy shit, yeah. okay. Because I think the he was convicted. Other than any Nazis. 
<laughs> yeah, he was convicted of 29, like all 29 counts that they wow. charged him with, I believe. Um, yeah, that's a shit ton. One thing about the verdict was saying that relatives of the victims uh, had mixed feelings about it, saying, quote, uh, who is this? Marlene Stash. <laughs> I think I have her like relative story after uh quote i can't say i feel any kind of satisfaction because for the rest of my life i will have to live with the certainty that my mother died an unnatural death uh that was marlene stash and several relatives had a plan to appeal the verdict um to have those manslaughter convictions upgraded to murder convictions and letters lawyer uh fisher he said that they were also going to be filing an appeal i think the last i could find about the case was in 2006 like i couldn't find anything since then wow which was crazy Um, that's old yeah yeah i don't remember finding anything past about 2006 um because i think the trial like just happened yeah it concluded in 2006 (laughs) and I didn't find anything about an appeal, Weird. and I didn't find anything about his charges being changed. Um, I don't think me either, just with the name. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Crazy. So my last thing I said I wanted to do was a few of the victims I actually Oops. found information on when I was looking stuff up. Because um, a lot of them weren't named or anything like that uh so really yeah um this was also saying that letter was often treating patients with degenerative muscular diseases i assume due to like old age and stuff like it'd be more common yeah those can really um Mm -hmm. that's what pat has that affects his spine yeah they can be rough for sure (laughs) so Hmm. As I, I think I had mentioned before, just two months into working at the hospital, Letter had killed his first patient, which okay. um, there's different stories about who this person is. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. The one I think is probably most right was saying it was a 70-year-old nun <laughs> uh, who was admitted with um, breathing difficulties. Oh yeah, she was a nun. Um, did she live? No, this is his victim. That was the first one he supposedly killed. Oh no! Yeah. Um, and then another one from this write-up is from medicalbag.com, which I got quite a bit of the information from. It's like a Uh, medical website. It was like kind of crazy. (laughs) Um, it we said are not that familiar with you medical bag. <laughs> no, it said on the morning of April thirtieth, two thousand three, Beta Giel seventy nine was taken to the hospital after suffering what was thought to have been a heart attack. By late oh. afternoon, mm-hmm. by late yeah. afternoon, she seemed to be in good health and was speaking cheerfully with her daughters. Uh, hours later, yeah. by ten p.m., she was dead. Just 180. Okay. Yeah, that's and, a little like, bizarre. You're yeah. Like, okay, she's good. 
And then yeah, like, speaking no. cheerfully seems to be recuperating from her what was believed to be a heart attack, and then yeah. he killed her. Um, another patient, oh. 70, 79-year-old Gertrude Rindel, was admitted to the hospital with gallstones. The next day, she had called her son. This one breaks my heart. She called her son in desperation, pleading with him to take her home, saying, oh. quote, they want to kill me. I want to get out of here. And unfortunately, oh. no one in her family took her seriously. And the following day, she was oh dead gosh. from what the doctors said was intestinal problems. Um, Whoa, yeah. so she said those she was cryptic like, things and then she like died begging. that day. Yeah, they were bait. She was begging them to take her home. Um, and both crazy. of these, both of these r- women were receiving care under letter um, when they died. Oh. Okay. Uh, his last victim is happened right before he was arrested. Seventy-three-year-old Spanish woman, Pilar del del Rio Pinadar. Uh, she had been admitted to the hospital with breathing problems, but was already well enough to be planning a holiday in her homeland when she was fatally injected in July of 2004. Um, okay. Like, so they weren't serious breathing problems. Um, uh, meanwhile, there was also a 90-year-old woman who was treated there and she was actually able, thankfully, to escape Letter's attention. Uh, she survived uh, his treatment after pleading to change beds. Like, I guess probably a bed that he wasn't assigned oh, okay. to. She asked to well, change yeah. beds. And then she requested that uh, different relatives stay at her bedside so that there was somebody always, like, watching over her. And she, oh. at 90, like... Really? Which is good because she, I don't know, somehow she figured out it was him. Like, and she got a bad feeling from him or something because, yeah, to want to change beds and then asking for relatives to watch over her. She was able to, like, survive and um, she got out of there okay, which is good. Wow. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I wish I could have found more about some of the other victims, but those are the only ones that are really mentioned in anything from any of the sources that I read. There isn't a whole lot of other information about the case, which is why I had been wanting to listen to that podcast episode, but wasn't (laughs) able to. Um, I have not heard of that story at all. Yeah, it's only been talked about. Of all the podcasts I've listened to, I don't think I've ever heard that once. I don't know. Yeah, it's only on a couple um, that I ran across most of the things that talk about the case it's like six minutes long and I was like oh cool I'm not oh, gonna yeah. bother listening to that <laughs> what's the point oh yeah that can be frustrating you're looking for new yeah. info <laughs> I'm like I doubt you're gonna have the piece of information I need like but um, yeah maybe <laughs> yeah but that's what I have that's what I was able to dig up on uh Stefan Ladder which wow. uh as far as I could tell, I think 2006, like, he still should be in prison okay. and everything. Um, if anybody has any updates, send them our way, because I would love to know if those uh, manslaughter charges were upgraded to murder. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, or if his one stupid those... appeal went through. Oh, <laughs> I hope not. Um, I know some people put certain ones on their like Google alerts. I think Ooh, it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, is that like super annoying? Maybe we could do that. I could for a couple people. Yeah. Cause, yeah, like this one where it's it's mysterious the way they disappeared. Like you don't yeah. know who saw them last. You you don't know when. Like it's it's very vague, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like thirteen years ago yeah. and we don't have any updates that I could find Right. I think I went through yeah. like three or four of the first pages of Google results and then it basically just became not even related it was like different nurse mm-hmm. killers and I'm like okay like <laughs> yeah did this not happen yeah. yeah no it's creepy it's very creepy mm-hmm. Ugh, let us know if you guys have anything similar if something happened true crime-ish to you and the or just strange and unusual in the medical world or otherwise like we're we are here for it (laughs) yeah tell us about sponges left in and left in surgeries don't tell me about being awake during surgery i don't want to hear about those i'm sorry (laughs) Uh, the 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 stories about being awake i'm already been there (laughs) it has to do with serving a big you know nacho platter i'm like yeah i've I've done that but the new stuff i can't even really remember what are we doing next week well next (sighs) next time is the patreon but what's after that oh my gosh our uh castles our haunted Uh, castles episode yeah taking it back to that's gonna be cool oh my god it's been a while (laughs) yeah and there's so many yeah. Holy shit. That's what I, I think I was going to tell you when we first started out. Where I was like, I just went to pick one. And then it was like, here's 15 haunted ones in Scotland. And I'm like, oh my god, do you have to make it so difficult? Right? <laughs> How can there yeah. be 15 haunted castles in one country? That's too many. Because <laughs> the country's so old. That's why. Right? Not fair when we, like, as Canada, get, yeah, two like, haunted one. castles in Canada. <laughs> Do we get two castles? I wasn't even sure. Probably. I'm like, I don't we know. barely have any. <laughs> Pathetic. No, that's crazy. I'm sure there's nothing near BC, so it's gotta be Eastern Canada. Exactly, you're right, you're right, right. Because that's the old forts and stuff were all, like, Nova Scotia area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, great job. Amazing. Yes, um, you too. It's wild. <laughs> Just one of those scary. Like, what? Keep, <laughs> yeah, keep your eye out so when scary. you're at the hospital next time. Ooh. People yeah. are crazy. She's mm-hmm. not wrong. <laughs> but then we'll go to, back to our roots with the castles. And it's been a fucking while. So I'm excited for that too. Yeah, it's yeah. been a really long time since we did a castle episode. <laughs> it really has. A little too long. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Doesn't apparently there's like so many in the UK I can get over ten in Scotland, so at least yeah. we won't run out very soon. <laughs> no, there's a lot. <laughs> All right, catch you next week. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.
This has been Castles and Cryptids. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and our YouTube channel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesandcryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email. Please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Affair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening!